All right, welcome to another episode of the Rapture Hour. This is where we talk about the Rapture for one hour. So if you like this kind of thing where we talk about end time stuff, we talk about black swan events, we talk about the book of Revelation, and we also talk about why we believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, then this is the channel for you. Feel free to subscribe, feel free to leave a comment, and also let me know where you're watching these videos from. So if you're watching them from Texas, if you're watching them from Paris, from South Africa, from Ireland, from New Zealand, from South Africa, from South Korea, from the Philippines, from Connecticut, from Tennessee, from South Dakota. I can go on and on, but if you guys are watching from any of those areas, welcome. I really appreciate it. And we are getting people from all over the world. It's actually quite fascinating that people are tuning in. And I think people are really interested to know not only what's going on around us, because there seems to be a stirring right now where people are like, I, I just want to know. And if you're new to the idea of tribulation, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, all that kind of stuff, and you're like, okay, what is it? Why do these guys believe what they believe? Why do they believe that we are going straight to heaven when we die? And why do we believe that the Lord is coming for his body, coming for his church before the tribulation starts? Why do we believe that? So again, if this is you, welcome, because now, now you're going to know why these people believe what they believe. So let's, let's go back to the basics. I just, I thought about this during the night. I, I kept having this, uh, I remember when this movie came out, uh, when was it? Probably 2000, I think, or 1999, I don't know, a long time ago, but it was Spider-Man. And in the movie, there was uh, a character by the name of Norman Oswell, I believe his name is, and he was known as the Green Goblin, the infamous Green Goblin. No coincidence, um, I should say it is a coincidence that I'm wearing a green shirt this morning. But um, in the movie, he was trying to develop this formula to be able to make people stronger, smarter, all kinds of stuff. And he was looking for funding from the government to help him with this. And at the last minute, the government pulled the pin and said it's too risky. Too risky to uh, inject him with some kind of a unknown formula that nobody's thoroughly tested and they felt um, that it could harm more people by injecting something into them that wasn't, again, wasn't thoroughly tested, wasn't thoroughly approved, and they didn't want to rush anything. So they told him, we're going to have to go back to formula, which means you got to go back to the beginning back to the basics. 
and he gets mad and loses his mind on one of his fellow workers and grabs him by the throat and goes back to formula throws the guy through the window or whatever <clears throat> i think he just hurt him really 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 bad <laughs> anyways that's what i was thinking back to formula we got to go back to the basics uh because sometimes we miss things we miss stuff and we're like oh yeah i never thought about that or sometimes it sounds so simple that it can't be that that easy and that simple and uh we have to struggle through all these big big concepts big words all this kind of stuff and i'm going to try and keep it as simple as humanly possible and then you can make your own observation again this isn't something to uh divide people and to cause you know christians to be like uh fighting against each other all this kind of stuff but you will get haters it, it's it's amazing you talk about tribulation you talk about the lord can come at any time and people will will write the nastiest messages you've ever seen in your life they'll call you everything they'll call you a blasphemer everything if you believe in the resurrection if you believe that Je jesus died on the cross for our sins and he nailed them to the cross and he's alive and he can only die one time he's not coming back to die again there's these are basic stuff this is milk and cookie stuff but some people wrestle with that they don't understand all this stuff Jesus is not coming back to die a second time. He did it one time. So we're we're going to do a little bit of milk and cookies today. So if this is um, new to you, this concept again, stick around. All right. So our first <clears throat> instance of a rapture is in Genesis. So let's just go there and read it. <clears throat> Let us go to our first, very first instance. So this is Genesis chapter 5, and we are going through the book of generations, which is all the names of the people that, that follow after Adam. So you get Seth, you get his son which is Enos, you get his son, which is Canaan. <clears throat> you get his son, which is Mahalalel. You get his son, which is Jared. And then you get Enoch. Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So, here is our first glimpse, if you will, at the possibility that God can take people 
whenever he wants, whenever he's pleased, he can take them. I think most of us can accept that. The possibility that just reading this, verse 24, and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Now the, the debate is if God is up here in heaven and man is here on earth and Enoch pleased him so much that God translated him so that he would not see death, where do you think he would go? Do you think he would go laterally? Do you think he would go back into the ground and die because it pleased God so he killed him before the flood? <clears throat> we have to take this nice and slow because there are some people that will say, no, no, that just meant he liked him and he let him die of a natural age and he died just nobody knows where god buried him the only person that that really happened to was moses died 120 years old was not sick was not sleepy-eyed he still had 2020 vision he was normal at 120 it's almost like the guy never aged he died perfectly but god had to close his eyes because he was not allowed to enter into the promised land. Why? Because of unbelief. He didn't obey God. God told him when the Israelites were thirsty to strike the rock. Struck the rock, they got water, they're all happy. And then a little while later, they started murmuring again. Or we're starving. We're thirsty. We're going to perish. Why would you bring us out here? It would have been better to have lentils and corn and all this kind of good stuff back in Egypt. And so God told Moses to speak to the rock and water will come forth. And instead he took his rock and he struck it twice. So God said, because you didn't believe me to obey me, you will not go into the promised land. Now Moses begged God several on several occasions to enter into the promised land. And God said, no, like, stop bothering me with this. You're not going in. And neither were the, the people that came out of Egypt. <clears throat> all the Israelites that came out of Egypt, all the, all the males that were 20 years and older, we're not allowed to go into the promised land as well. Why? Because of unbelief. So you have to be careful. This is this is basics again. You have to be careful. If you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and you just carry on doing what you're doing, and you don't think about it for a second go, there is an afterlife. There is something after we die. If you don't think about that and you just carry on, there is a high risk that you're going to get tossed into the lake of fire. 
because your name won't be written in the Lamb's book of life. And whosoever name is not written in the Lamb's book of life will get tossed into the lake of fire. Now you might be asking right now, okay, well, before we get into this rapture and we start talking about this stuff, I want to make sure <clears throat> that I'm not getting tossed into the lake of fire. So it's real easy right now. It's just as easy as going to Amazon and buying yourself a Bible so that you could read it, like a King James Version. This is this is what I read right here. This is my King James Bible. No commentary, just scripture. I find it easier to get through the Bible when there's no commentary. There's only 1166 pages in my Bible. If you read 20 pages a day, you'll get through the entire Bible in 30 days. Now, granted, this time around, I feel like a slacker because it's taken me about three months to get through the Bible. And I, in fact, I have about between 200 and 300 pages left. So it'll most likely take me three and a half, almost four months to read the entire Bible. Why? Because I've been making videos every single day. And this cuts in a little bit on my reading time in the morning. And I've read the Bible 10 times in the past year and a half. So I know it works. I know it's possible to read the Bible in a month. And I've been doing that, reading it, reading the Bible every single day, day, night, day, night, day, night. Why? Because I needed to renew my mind. I needed it to get to a point where when I go to sleep, <clears throat> excuse me, I would dream about scripture verses. And I'm telling you, that is a fantastic place to be in where whenever people are talking to you, you have a Rolodex. It's almost like the movie Limitless, if you will. Now, I'm not saying I'm, I'm as smart as that guy in Limitless, but it is interesting the more you read the Bible, and I don't memorize the Bible. I just keep reading it, reading it, reading it, reading it, and all of a sudden you have a Rolodex of scripture verses that are on standby and the Holy Spirit can bring those down so that when you speak, they come out. You may not necessarily know where they are, like what chapter, what verse, because now I don't see chapters and verses. I see story. I see movie clips, if you will. Whenever I'm reading the Bible, I can see like one big long movie and it's actually quite amazing it's probably why i just read the bible all the time i don't watch the news i read the bible i feel like if i'm watching the news i might as well be reading the bible so if i spend an hour watching the news that's an hour that i don't get reading the bible so i just dropped it i dropped the news if you want to catch up on the news and 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 what's going on with israel and how many hundreds of thousands of rockets are pointed at israel every day and all the potential peace treaties that are are may or may not be signed to bring in world peace and if you want to know you know that that china's up to no good or russia's up to no good or the u.s is up to no good or canada is up to no good and politicians seem to be a little bit shady at times and sometimes they surprise us sometimes they don't surprise us if you want to know all that stuff then just go to cnn 
go to Fox or go watch. If you want a summarized version, just go to uh, the Watchman River. And Tom Cote loves talking about the news. So he'll he'll give you little little snapshots of scripture verses here and there about the rapture being imminent, which is fantastic. I believe the same thing. I believe the Lord can come at any time. This is why I do these video series. Uh, but then he'll update you on the news. And most people go to him for their news resource because he has a, a gift to be able to wrap things up and to tidy things up a little bit and package them up within 30 minutes. So if you like to get your new daily news feed, then go to him. Um, I strongly encourage it. Subscribe to his channel, click on the bell, all this kind of stuff. But sometimes if you want to go a little bit deeper, then, then subscribe to this channel and comment. And from time to time, I'll list other other uh, Watchmen channels, if you will, including this channel. I believe this is uh, a Watchmen channel because I believe that you don't have to look very far to know that we are in the end times. You don't have to look very far. <clears throat> One of the, the giveaways is the second you talk about the Lord could come tonight, our flesh gets all riled up because we don't want to lose what we have here on earth. And we start commenting and saying stuff like, no, that's impossible. That's impossible. Jesus cannot come back at all till after the tribulation, after hell on earth happens. We must suffer to earn our salvation. It wasn't good enough for Jesus to earn our salvation on the cross. We must muscle through it. And I'm telling you, uh, that's not how it is. And I'm trying to take you through the verses slowly but surely. And we're going to get through them all. It might take one episode. It might take 365 episodes. But you're going to get it. And one day it's going to click. It didn't, it, it took a little bit for me to figure this out because I was like, the word rapture is not in the Bible. And I thought, wait a minute, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. And the Bible isn't in the Bible. But yet if you read in the Gospel of John, you see Jesus being baptized and you see the the Holy Spirit descend on him like a dove and you hear God the Father say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, all happening at the same time. Bamo, presto, you get the Trinity. And this is the Bible. I'm so happy we live in this day and age because five, six hundred years ago, you couldn't have access to what we have today. You just couldn't. It was either illegal or you just couldn't have enough wagons to hold all the scrolls. You probably needed several wagons to grab all the scrolls from Isaiah, Jeremiah, Genesis, and, and put them all into a wagon so that you could read them at a later date and you'd have to understand fluid Hebrew. You'd have to understand fluid Greek. 
and you'd have all these parchment papers all over the place spread out hundreds of feet of scripture and there's no chapter headings there's no punctuations there's no capitals there's no lowercase i should say there's no sentence structure like exclamation marks quotations all this stuff and you have to dig your way through and figure out where you are in the book of isaiah that could take you hours just to figure that out so we have everything here at our fingertips and we don't read the bible we just listen to commentary on what other people think and then we copy and paste stuff from other websites and then throw it in the comments and go matthew 24 matthew 24 no one knows anything and they're gonna also comment and say i'm making fun of the scripture no i'm making fun of the people they use scripture in that way to shut everything down, to not learn, to not study. Because these pe same people that use Matthew 24 will you reject Revelation 3 where Jesus said, watch. So that I won't come at an hour that you don't know. So... Sometimes the reason why I go off on a tangent like this, and some people don't like that, they're like, why can't he just stick to one subject? Why can't he do it? Well, it's because things pop into my head that are going to come up while I'm speaking. I will say something, and then they will start commenting, and they will stop watching the video, and they'll go, Matthew 24, no one knows anything. No one knows the day, no one knows the hour, so we shouldn't watch. We should just do whatever we do. And it's it's just a weird concept to me. I, I never understood that. You should be studying the Bible day and night until your eyes bleed. All right. I'm just flipping to Second Kings here. Second Kings. Chapter 2. So we have Elijah and Elisha. All right. So when we get to Second Kings chapter 2, we see this. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. So, where, <laughs> where did the Lord take Elijah in the future? This is coming up. This is imminent. Imminent. Where is God taking Elijah? It says here into heaven. So now we have someone living in heaven that is alive we have at least two people now we have enoch in heaven that didn't see death and we have elijah that didn't see death so can we at least agree that there are two people in heaven right now so we have to remember god is not a god of the dead he is a god of the living he can resurrect anyone that he wants to be with him in heaven and he can snatch 
take anyone that he wants at any time to be with him in heaven. He is allowed to do that. Why? Because he is God. Somehow we handcuff him and say, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't take people whenever you want, whenever it pleases you. We must stay here on earth. Again, I'm telling you, this is what people are saying. I, I, I've seen it in my comments. They're like, no, God did not take Elijah to heaven. He was just taking him metaphorically in a chariot of fire over to the left or over to the right. Well, you're not the only person that thinks that. There were some other people that were a little bit foolish as well. And they were searching for... Elijah, and I'll, I'll read that, but let's just, excuse me, read the instance of Elijah coming. All right, so let's go to verse 11. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked. So they're walking along, just talking, and Elijah was, we should back up just a little bit. We'll back up a little bit. There are 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view far off and they the two stood by the jordan so there are 50 men with elijah and elijah apprentices if you will and elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters and they were divided hither and thither so that they went two over onto dry ground so elijah parted the jordan so they can cross and it came to pass when they were gone over that elijah Jah said unto Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. Harpazo. Some people like to say this. Um, not sure if that's the exact word because this is uh, written in Hebrew. But there's something to be said about the word taken away. And again, this is why we believe in the rapture. It's the same concept. Rapture means taken. Sometimes some people say taken by force. Maybe against their will, against their timing. Don't know. You might be mad going, what do you mean against your will? Well, you might be walking to the store one day going, I got to go shopping and you're gone. Your will was to go to the store, but I think you'll you'll come to the same conclusion as me that you're in a better place. So Elijah's saying, when I shall be taken away, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do for you? And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing, nevertheless. If thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. Meaning, if you're not hanging around with me, and if you don't see me being carried, carried up, being taken away, then you're not going to get a double portion of the spirit that's in me. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked about and talked, that behold, again, they don't know when this was going to happen. They just knew it was imminent. There were so many times these 50 people come up to Elisha 
and say, do you know that your master is going to be taken away? And he's like, enough. Stop bugging me about this. Stop talking to me about it's imminent, imminent, imminent. <laughs> and that's how sometimes people get with these channels. They're like, stop talking to us about the rapture being imminent. And I talk about the rapture every single day. So I do get complaints. Stop talking about it. I know. <laughs> All right. Behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and a horse and horses of fire, plural, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah, so the these this chariot of fire and horses went right in between Elijah and Elisha. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Not into the air, into heaven. So he got transported. That would have been so cool to see. A chariot of fire with multiple horses. Could be two, could be four, could be six, could be eight horses. Not sure. At least two horses were on fire. And the chariot was on fire. And Elijah stepped into a chariot that is burning up, <laughs> that is on fire, with horses that are on fire. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. Why? Because he lost a good friend. He would not see him again, most likely until he died. Because there's no instance of Elisha being caught up to heaven. So right away, that's the last that he would get to hang out with his friend on earth. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, which is interesting because as he got caught up into the air, his clothes got left behind and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, where is the God of Elijah? And when he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither. And Elijah walked over, went over. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. And they said unto him, Behold now, there be with thy servants fifty strong men. Let them go, we pray thee, and seek thy master. Lest peradventure the spirit of the Lord hath taken him up and cast him upon some mountain or into some valley, and he said, ye shall not send. So these 50 wanted to look for Elijah. They wanted to put his picture on milk jugs everywhere, as though he were missing. They said, let us go look for him, because perhaps he got dumped into the mountain somewhere. So let's go look for him. Elisha said, no, oh, this is ridiculous, guys. Stop it. He's gone to heaven. And there are people today on my channel that are watching this video right now that will say, 
what you read is not accurate, Shane. You are not a Christian. They will say that. I'm telling you this stuff. I'm not making this up. They will call me names and say I'm a blasphemer because I believe that Elijah went to heaven. And I'm just reading it here. I'm telling you, this is how crazy people are. I get messages every single day on my channel and I shake my head sometimes because people are like, Enoch never died. When in Hebrews it says Enoch was translated so that he would not see death. Pretty crystal clear there. Enoch stepped into a chariot of fire with multiple horses on fire and went to heaven. And these 50 men were worried that God was going to drop him off somewhere in a mountain. And when they urged him till he was ashamed, embarrassed, because they kept bugging him saying, we got 50 strong men, we're able to travel far distances. He said, send. So he let them go. They sent, therefore, 50 men, and they sought three days, but found them not. And when they came again to him, for he stayed at Jericho, he tarried at Jericho, he said unto them, Did I not say unto you, Go not? So, I just shared two in instances of a rapture type scenario it does not say rapture and i don't believe we are going to be carried up in chariots of fire i believe we are going to go up the same way that jesus went up so let's just let's just read that one because it's important to again to go back to formula go back to the basics and say if this happened for these two people is it possible for God to do the same thing with us? Is it possible? Is it possible that Jesus could appear in the air without touching down and gather his own body, the body of Christ, the church, not church buildings, the church. We are the church. When we believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day, we are now part of his body. We are joint heirs in Christ. We have a seat in heaven. We are seated in heavenly places. We have a room in heaven. <clears throat> when a new government comes into office, he replaces the old with the new. He replaces those rooms. When Solomon became king, he moved into the room of his father and sat down on the throne and took over, became king. Why? Because his father was dying, so he became king, took over that space. This is what's happening in heaven. Everybody that believes that Jesus is the Son of God has the holy spirit in us and i believe that is also how we are able to be translated so that we'll never die and we ditch this body and we get a new spiritual body and i'll, I'll read that 
But a lot of people say that we come back and we get this body. And Paul's saying we don't get this body. We get a new body, a new spiritual body, because this body, you can't bring this body into heaven with you. So you ditch it. You ditch it. This is what Christians believe. We go to heaven. All right, so let's go here. Uh -uh. So the disciples were talking to Jesus just before he was going to heaven and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit, which saith, ye have heard of me. For truly John, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. And I believe once... Once you get into the tribulation, especially when you get to the wrath of God, I believe the Holy Spirit is no longer uh, working in men on the earth, as in inside of them. I believe there will be a time where people that take the mark of the beast will not have the Holy Spirit active in them. It's only people that believe in Jesus Christ that he is the son of God. Because those people will not take the mark of the beast. They will not worship the devil. People that worship the devil will be cast into the lake of fire. Why? Because they don't have the Holy Spirit living in them. Verse 6. When they therefore were come together... And I'm not saying the Holy Spirit can't influence people on the earth as soon as the tribulation happens. But there will come a point where, when the Antichrist is revealed, that it's going to be more difficult for you to live on earth and, and trying to seek God. It's going to be difficult. Harder, not impossible. You can still believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You just won't be raptured out. Then you'll have to go through some stuff, some hard times. Because the Antichrist is going to be going after you, after anyone that believes in Jesus Christ. It's going to be going after the Jews, persecuting the Jews as well. And they're going to realize that halfway through when they get betrayed. And the Antichrist gets revealed and they're like, oh man, the Christians had it right all along. And they're going to believe that Jesus is the Messiah and they're going to start sharing. And they're going to be executed for their belief. Anyways, verse 6, they were coming together and asked of him saying, Lord. Wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and, under, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up 
another instance of a rapture because that's what that means. We are taken up. So in this case, Jesus was taken up before their very eyes. And a cloud received him out of their sight. This could be a cloud of witnesses. Believers. Because Jesus had already died and he rose again. And he has the keys of death and hell. And he unlocked those doors. Meaning... We don't have to fear death anymore because Jesus tasted death for us. And this used to be what would keep men from holding back a little bit because they thought if they die, they're going to stay in the ground until that last day. And they were not wrong. They feared death. They had a fear that would grip them until Jesus basically took the keys of death and hell away from the devil. And now he unlocked all those doors. And basically now when you die, you don't taste death because he tasted death for you. You go straight to heaven with your new spiritual body. Instantly. And it's all over the book of Revelation that there are people living in heaven. They're dwelling in heaven. They're not waiting for a resurrection at the last minute. They are getting resurrected the second they die. And this is what confuses people. They're like, yeah, I see all these millions and millions of people living in heaven. But I don't believe what I'm reading. And it got so bad in the book of Revelation that the Antichrist would believe blaspheme the throne of God, God himself, and also those that dwelt in heaven. The people that dwelt in heaven. Do you know what that means? It means there are humans living in heaven and the Antichrist is raising his fist against those that dwell in heaven. It's not talking about angels. We know that, that angels <clears throat> live in heaven. We know that. But the Antichrist is actually coming against everyone that believes in Jesus Christ. And one day on earth, the ones that don't worship the devil are going to get executed. And the ones that believe in the devil are going to stick around for the wrath of God. And God is going to squash them like grapes. Everyone and all those people that get squashed like grapes that are not believers in Jesus Christ stay in that state until after the thousand-year millennium kingdom. Then they are raised. They're still in that state. They're still the, the, the dead. And they get judged according to their dead works. That's in the book of Revelation chapter 20. They get judged according to those dead works because we have, all of us have a book. And in those books are dead works. We also have works that are onto life. What are those works? Well, when you share your faith with someone <clears throat> and they accept Jesus Christ as the son of God, they are 
saved for all eternity, that is works that leads unto life. It's eternal. So this is what we're talking about. There's two kinds of works that you can do. And again, I can hear the the keyboard chattering. We're not under works and all this kind of stuff. And what I'm telling you is there are two sets of works. There are works that lead to death. And there are works that lead to life. The works that lead to life are eternal. Again, if you share your faith and someone believes what you're saying, that is works that lead to life. You shared, you did the work, if you will, by sharing, and they believed, and now they have eternal life. And you know that there are works that lead to death. You know that. You know that there are things that you're ashamed of that you do every single day. That if you keep going down this road, it will lead you to death. Our flesh does not lead you to God. It does not. This is why we ditch it one day. It cannot obey the word of God. It cannot obey the laws of God. It will not submit to God. It won't. So you have to let it die. You have to let your flesh die. How? When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you believe that he is the Son of God, you are now separated from this fleshly body. This body is dead to you. You're now married to Christ. You're not obligated to follow anything that the flesh says to you. You're not obligated. So now you're going to have a little bit of a battle where now that you're a Christian, you're like, man, I should I should read the Bible more. I don't get that voice anymore that says I should read the Bible today. I used to get that all the time. You should read a little bit. And in fact, that voice was almost like, well, it was like my son would actually blow the dust off of my Bible and hand it to me and say, Dad, you should really read the Bible up until about a year and a half ago, last February. And that's when my wife said a little prayer for me saying, Lord, please give my husband a hunger for your word. Simple prayer. Prayed it last January, last February. And then I began reading the King James Bible. And I would have sworn a lie detector test saying that I am not a King James Bible person at all. I don't like the these, the thous, thuses. That's not me. But I began reading it because I felt a tug, a pull to read this, to dust it, to pull it off the shelf, dust it off. And uh, I began reading it day and night, meditating it, meditating on it no matter where I went all day, all night, and it became all-consuming. Why? Because I needed to clear this head. I had all, all kinds of junk in my head. All kinds of crapola. And now I have backup versions. I don't know if you could see in the back. Right there. I have three copies of the King James Bible on standby in case I wore this one out. I can't tell you how many highlighters I've worn out on this. But those are my backups. <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? 
And I also have other Bibles there that I don't read. There's a New Living Translation that I have that's just sitting there. Actually, that one is the, what's that one? That is the Dakes Bible. That's a pretty interesting one. Uh, but I have other Bibles that you see on the chair, and this drives my wife crazy whenever she watches my videos. She's like, your office is so messy. It's crazy. You should clean it up. And I'm like, I will get to it. I will clean it up one day. I promise. One day I will clean it up. Um, But yeah, I got stuff. When you look at it, I got Bibles everywhere. All kinds of versions and stuff. But this is the one I read right here. King James Bible. So simple. All right. So let's go. We got to wrap this up real quick here. So I gave you two instances of a old testament rapture so let's go to first thessalonians 4 and talk about another instance of the rapture uh verse so 4 verse 13 but i would not have you be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope so whoever dies in Christ is, to us, they are asleep. And Paul is telling them, these people that thought for some reason that the Lord had come already and taken people away, that he's like, don't, don't worry about those that are asleep right now in Christ. Don't worry about them. Because there are letters that were going around saying they missed something. They missed the Lord's return. They missed it. So that tells me it was a secret because they're worried. And they're worried that the people that were dead and buried are going to miss out. That's what they were fearing. And Paul is saying, don't worry about that. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which are asleep in Jesus will God bring with him. From where? From heaven. So all those that have slept in Christ are in heaven right now. They're living in heaven. Enoch's in heaven. Elijah's in heaven. I'm sure there's many others thousands millions in heaven right now we just can't see it so we say silly things like no 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 they're still in soul sleep they're sleeping until that day and right here paul is saying no look god jesus christ god the son is going to bring them back with him with him so if you can understand this that Paul is saying, don't be sorry for the people that are that have died in Christ, that have slept in Christ, because Jesus is going to bring them back with him one day, and we're going to be caught up into the air with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, I'm just making sure I read this. Verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, 
that we which were alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. We're not going to prevent them from being in heaven. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, with the authority of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And the reason why I say, and with the trump of God being authority, all authority, because Jesus is the first and last. He is the Alpha and the Omega. And when you see in Revelation chapter 1, John turns and looks because he hears a voice that sounds like a trumpet and looks and sees it's Jesus Christ. That is authority. It's not Jesus blowing a trumpet in his ear so that his ear bleeds and all the earwax comes out of his ear. That's not what Jesus is doing, blowing a trumpet and saying, look at me. John is saying that it sounded like a trumpet, like authority. He also says Jesus' voice sounds like many waters, but we don't picture that, that Jesus is pouring out like water whenever we hear him talk to us. Because John is just using an example. And here we see Paul almost using the same language, saying, and with the trump of God, the authority of God. In Exodus, people didn't want to approach God because they heard his voice, and it was getting louder and louder, and was sounding like a trumpet as well. And Moses spoke to God, and God spoke to him out of the fire of the mountain. And the people feared that voice. It's authority, man, I'm telling you. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Interesting, right? In the clouds. It's probably all the cloud of witnesses coming with Jesus to gather his church, to meet the Lord in the air. So and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. This is comforting. We don't have to go through the wrath of God. We're not getting punished. We are being gathered one day. Jesus is coming with the clouds. And we will be caught up into the air, raptured, harpuzzled, taken, snatched secretly up to heaven. Why secretly? Because that's the way Jesus is going to do it. Because that's the way he did it when he rose again from the dead. He never showed himself to everybody in the world. He only showed himself to a few people. First his disciples, actually first Mary. And Peter, James, and John. Other people on the way to Emmaus, on the road to Emmaus. He, he walked up to two disciples. Showed himself to Peter, James, John, and Andrew that were fishing. He was making some fish on the shore, invited them to come and eat with him. They're eating fish. Jesus is like, Peter, do you love me? Feed my, feed my sheep, all this kind of stuff. Did that three times. So Jesus showed himself over and over again to his disciples. He didn't show himself to everyone. 
that was a secret. He only showed himself to a few people. And this is going to happen again, where the Lord is going to appear in the clouds, in the air, and we're going to get caught up to be with those that are already in heaven, because they're coming with him. And we're going to see the loved ones that were asleep in Christ. We're going to meet with them in the air and go with him back to heaven. And then the tribulation is going to start for seven years. And I'll continue to show proof in the next series, but I think it's important to understand the basics. So hopefully you got something out of this, why we believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. And I hope this little video series will uh, speak to you and then you can go and do your due diligence as well and think about it. Think about the idea that there are actually people in heaven right now that are living there and they're quite happy living in heaven. They're very happy right now. We can't see it because we got these blinders on right now. But I hope this uh, this helps you out. Feel free to share this video with everyone you talk to and talk about it, discuss it, read the scriptures for yourself. And uh, if you got something out of this, feel free to subscribe. And feel free to comment and all that good stuff. Don't forget to tell me where you guys are from as well. See you later. Bye.